podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. That's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, West Virginia. In case you weren't aware, maybe you're new to the show, new to the 1012, new to the Big 12, you've been in a coma for, I don't know, about a decade now? Um, that's the state of the Big 12. Just in case you're curious. Today we are talking hoops. It is hoop season. Of course, you know the new format of the show. We'll talk basketball on Mondays and then on Thursdays, whatever I feel like with uh, my other co-host, Chris Ross. Now, just uh, a heads up for today, it wouldn't be the 10-12 uh, if we didn't have some technical difficulties. Why not? It's 2020. Let's get them out of the way early. So this episode is a little bit choppy early on, and uh, it's not all there, but Andy Mitz joins us today. So does Ryan Gilbert of the 10 Out of 12 podcast. We're going to talk a little bit of hoops. Uh, specifically, I got a little... I go off on a tangent to start things off. Uh, we're going to talk about the decision, lack of decision, or lack of awareness by Iowa State to foul while up three, allowing TCU to tie that game up in the final seconds and then go on to win in overtime. Uh, we're going to talk about Kansas State a little bit, uh, their blown lead in their game against Oklahoma, and just what is the ceiling for this Wildcat team. Andy's got a bone to pick with ESPN Plus because, you know, it's ESPN Plus and it ain't been perfect at all so far. Not been great. And there's some big games this week and including on Saturday, we're going to pick the ones that we are most excited to keep an eye on. We've got a lot of West Virginia fans here considering we've got people who cover Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State outside of this show. So a uh, lot of fun, a lot of hoops talk. This is Monday's uh, ESPN Plus, if you want to get signed up for it because you don't want to miss any of the Big 12 games, go to our Twitter account at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, find the tweet, pen at the top of the page, click the link, get yourself signed up. Kansas fans, Oklahoma State fans, Kansas State fans, Iowa State fans, a lot of your games are on ESPN+. Plus. Kansas, Iowa State this week, I believe it's Wednesday, is on ESPN+. Plus. It's the only way you can get it, so you need to get signed up if you are not yet. Signing up through our link just helps us out and uh, 
we appreciate it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the show so you don't miss the episodes every Monday and Thursday. Do us a favor, leave us a review, give us five stars. We would appreciate it. And uh, with all that said, and I know you love hearing us talk about that, but we're going to do it. Um, uh, let's get to it. The first Big 12 matchups are in the books. And and look, I, this is going to kind of be our Monday thing, especially during basketball season, because this is the sports to talk about. Obviously, we'll talk about football on during the week and, and when baseball gets here and blah, 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 blah. But for now, let's talk basketball. And look at the first conference games. That's exciting. Like you want to sit and and try and watch as many as you can. I mean, eventually we're going to get to the point where I don't I don't need to watch certain games because... I mean, do you really want to watch the two teams at the bottom of the conference battle? Only if we get something a la Iowa State TCU, which we I am sure are going to get to because I think we all need to have the discussion of what you're supposed to do when you are up three on the road with a few seconds left on the clock, but we'll get to that. Um, all right, so let's just start with this. I want to start with Baylor-Texas. Now, we don't have to go hit every game, but I, I just observation-wise, Baylor has been one of the better teams in the conference. And I think they only locked that up on Saturday. For one, you had a a poor day offensively and beat Texas by 15. Now, I, I want to give credit to Texas because I actually think some of the reasons that the offensively the Baylor Bears struggled was Texas defense actually played well. They, they played a, a solid game on the defensive side of the ball. But it, it, it I mean, you, I think this speaks to the separation between the teams at the top of the Big 12 and the teams at the middle and bottom this year. You look at that game, you look at what Texas Tech did to Oklahoma State, and I think it's I don't I don't think Texas Tech is 35 points better than OSU. I think it was a combination of Tech having a game where everybody shot lights out and OSU couldn't hit shit. Um you look at I mean, I don't know if I can take West Virginia Kansas because I think those are two of the better teams in the conference, but you just look at what happened on Saturday, and I think we can come away from it going, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and West Virginia are the four best teams in the race to figure out who's going to finish first, which I still think is Kansas, is going to be really, really exciting. And then there's three teams in the middle, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma, and three teams at the bottom, Kansas State, who's bad, and then ironically, TCU and Iowa State, who played each other, who are essentially one really good player, and then everybody else. I want to go to the Iowa State TCU game. Um, it's a game Iowa State led by three in the closing seconds, last eight seconds of the game. And instead of fouling, they allowed TCU to get a buzzer beating, tying shot. And then TCU goes on to win in overtime. Now, I, in the grand scheme of things, obviously this is important because, you know, I, Iowa State. Felt coming into the season like they could they could be a tournament team. I don't think anybody thought TCU was, especially on a day where where Halliburton looked like the Halliburton I thought he would be coming into the season, and, and still think is is awesome. Um, but let, let's Prom said after the game that, that he told them to foul, and they just it just didn't happen. But where do you guys all stand? Because I am always of the up three closing seconds on the road in a game like that, you foul. Don't let them, don't foul them shooting. That would be really stupid, but but foul. Like foul in the inbound, especially if you have one to give, because if you have one to give or, or not, just foul. Like foul them so they can't have a chance at a game-tying three. Where 
and Ryan, you can go first on this one. Where do you guys stand on, on that? I actually kind of disagree with you on this one here. Um, a game that really sticks out to me was K-State versus Xavier um, in the Sweet 16 back in 2010. Um, we were up by three points, and then we go ahead and decide to foul, like you say, but the ref doesn't call it, and then, you know, when there's no foul called, you just want to foul them even more. Um, eventually, the, you know, we have our hands wrapped around the defender, and then finally they call – the foul but then that was in the act of shooting so they go out and they make three free throws we go to overtime we go to double overtime we eventually win the game but still really depleted us for that next game where we would lose um hindsight's always 2020 but it's just you know certain situations like that um i can't remember the exact game in the ncaa tournament a couple years ago i think it was stephen f austin where they were down by four they take a three-point shot and then he's fouled on the shot and it goes in and he makes the free throw a disastrous situation so at worst, what can happen when you don't foul is they tight and go to overtime. Whereas the worst thing that can happen when you do foul, something could, you know, something crazy could happen. You could, unfortunately, you know, you could lose the game in that situation. So I do disagree with you. I think just letting it play out and hoping that they can miss a shot. Obviously, TCU, they made their shot. Uh, that seems to be Iowa State, but I, I would just kind of hands off laissez-faire in that situation. I've been a big proponent of the foul when you're up three. The problem is that most teams have a really hard time executing it properly. Um, and so like you, like, you know, like you were talking about, Ryan, when you have a team that doesn't execute it properly, it can end up being a big problem. Um, if you're going to do it, it needs to be something that you've actually practiced. And I think that's where the biggest issue comes is that a lot of coaches talk about how they don't practice something like that because it comes up. So, you know, barely like it barely ever comes up. And then they try to do it in a game situation and they inevitably screw it up. Iowa State, in general, I thought they were actually, and and I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch most of this game. I watched probably the last minute or so. Um, but the main, the main thing I think that goes in their favor, despite the fact that typically you can't really be expected for the defense to affect three-point shooting very much, um, Iowa State is really bad at giving up three-pointers. Um, both in the amount that they give up and also the percentages. And while you can say that some of that is independent of their actual defense, there's at least got to be something to it when you're ranked in, you know, 279 on Ken Palm. Um, and so I, I think that that's something that you have to kind of take into account that you can't really expect if your team is giving up that many looks, that many open looks, you can't expect they're going to be able to play good defense to stop a good three-point shot. And so if that's what you're worried about and you're over time, you absolutely fail. Uh, but that has to be something that you have thought about beforehand, and I'm not sure that they actually have. Yeah, that's a good point. I just why I understand the idea of not practicing something because it doesn't happen very often, but it happens. It happens enough, and has happened enough that we've had these conversations about it for long enough. Like at a certain point, guys, maybe you should just try it a few times in practice. We don't you don't have to do it every day. It doesn't need to be a repetitive drill, but just just to. Just something you do for five minutes every once in a while, just in case that situation comes up, you want to be prepared for it. Because the idea that, well, it doesn't happen often, right, but it happens often enough that, you know, guys, we, we talk about it. We, we say that you should, you, this is probably what you should do, especially if, in this case, you're a team that doesn't defend the three all that well. You should maybe do a better job of but it's also one of those things. Situation. It's also one of those things, Philip, that they don't, you know, they have so many other problems that they have to figure out on this team. I mean, do you spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes setting up a drill for practicing that on the off chance that it's going to happen occasionally? Or do you worry about, 
you know, basic defense, basic offensive sets, like all the things that they really need to work <laughs> on because they are not a very good team this year. I was actually Ryan was on on my podcast before the weekend um, and we were talking about the conference as a whole. And this was kind of the thing that came up with Iowa State is that, you know, Iowa State is essentially Halliburton and nobody else. Like they really need to figure out who that second guy is going to yeah. be that can help Halliburton do something on this year. And that's going to take as much practice time as, as they can, because they really have to figure something out here. Otherwise, they're going to be in games like this all year long. You know, TCU was far and away coming to the year. You know, everybody thought they were going to be the worst team in the Big 12 conference this year. And, you know, while you expect those lower tier teams are probably all going to kind of trade games on the road, um, you know, that should have been a game. Iowa State, I think, is more talented than TCU and honestly should have won that game. And to allow it to come down that kind of situation um, really, I think, says more about what they have surrounding Halliburton uh, than that one late game situation that just didn't go their way. Fair enough. Yeah. So. I mean, it's like I said early. I think Iowa State, Kansas State, and TCU are at the bottom. I thought TCU would be the worst team coming in at this point. I'm kind of, I kind of think it's Kansas State, and I know that they had a real shot at beating Oklahoma on Saturday, and probably should have. You have a seven point lead with three forty five to go, and don't score again the rest of the game. Ryan, you're a Kansas State guy. I mean, what what happened at the end of the game there? Like, I did I didn't get to watch it. I kind of was following things on Twitter and I checked stuff going out. Like, sorry, I've got a I've got a toddler like I can only watch so much basketball on a Saturday but what happened at the end of the game and how much of it is just is a one-off game and how much of it is this is a reflection on what Kansas State is this season we've seen this probably five or six times already this season where they control I wouldn't say control most of the game but they were looking really good they had energy um, they were winning for a majority of that game and then boom in the final moments, they slip it away. It's the same thing that happened with the St. Louis, with Mississippi State, with Pitt. I mean, all these games, they were winning and then just decided to throw it away at the very end. Um, I, I think the reason for that is just because you know, maybe it's like in football when you're winning, you want to just run the ball, run the clock out. It's the same thing here in basketball. You just want to extend your possessions. When you do that, your offense kind of gets you know out of sync and you take your foot off the gas and it really just messes things up. So K-State, I mean, it, it's been super frustrating for me as a fan. Um, and I thought this game versus Oklahoma was finally going to be that that game where they get over the hump and they can actually hold a lead and win the game. Um, that wasn't the case. Obviously, they go out and lose. But I, I can't say I'm surprised at all. If this was last year's team, I would definitely be surprised that they blow a lead like that. But can't say I'm surprised with this year's team. They've done this way too many times. It's getting frustrating, but it's a long season. Um, we'll see what happens, but that was very uh, frustrating for sure. Coming into the season, I thought Kansas State was one of the bottom two teams, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind on that in any shape, shape or form. But you, you know, you're talking about it's still early; things can change. What do you think is the ceiling for this Kansas State team? It's mm, a good question. I think the ceiling would be. I think. I mean, realistically, in my opinion, I think the ceiling would be an NIT. I'd go to the NIT. I think that you know, my heart wants to tell me that they're going to get it together and maybe be a bubble team, but it's just not going to happen. I mean. You can win games, especially Bearmanch Coliseum is a really good home court advantage in the Big 12. Um, I, I like them to win a lot of their home games, but on the road, they don't have any leadership. We saw it on versus Oklahoma. They're just they're really going to struggle. Like the ceiling would be an NIT ver. So, Andy, I, I, I want to give you some time before we wrap this up. 
Like we've we've talked about ESPN Plus on here a lot, and it hasn't been perfect up to this point. And uh, Kansas fans just need to buckle up. OSU fans do too, and and Kansas State and Iowa State, because you're going to see quite a few games on ESPN Plus. And and look, I it's stupid to me that West Virginia Kansas on ESPN Plus because it was the biggest game of the Big Twelve of the weekend. But whatever, they want to get you to sign up. But Andy, I think you you have a bone to pick with the uh, with the little digital streaming service. Absolutely. So. You know, all I hear from people that don't care about paying for it is, oh, you know, this is the wave of the future, that everything's going to streaming. And and I agree. I absolutely love streaming services. I have several of them, probably too many of them. Um, I do not mind paying <laughs> for a streaming service and watching something on a streaming service if it works. My big problem with watching live sports on ESPN Plus is that it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, there's been multiple times where games chop out completely. You know, there's big breaks. They even had one time where they had to throw it back to a studio because the, you know, it actually just wasn't working. And and that was an ESPN Plus only broadcast. And they have had multiple problems with this. They don't seem to have any incentive to improve the service because it hasn't gotten better over the course of the year. I think as more and more games have been unloaded onto it, it's kind of been taxing what they have available. Um, you know, I, I, I'm absolutely fine with the idea of a service like that so that every single game could be available somewhere for someone to watch. But if they're going to take marquee matchups from the big 12 conference and put them on there, they need to make sure that the service actually works. And until they can actually do that, I'm going to have big problems having to watch so many games, whether it's Kansas or other big 12 games on the service week in and week out. I mean, I, I get it. Look, there was an Oklahoma state game. We missed the entire first half because it kept saying that the game had started yet when it was obviously underway there are some issues with ESPN plus they've got to get hammered out and I think part of it is they're still trying to figure out how to make this work in an affordable way so that you're not paying 10 15 dollars a month for it because with big 12 you know there's there's limitations to this based off what they have on there they're trying to add more stuff to get more money for it so they can make it more efficient but they've they've definitely got to figure some things out especially if they want to have games like West Virginia Kansas on there or Kansas Iowa State which I believe is either this week's game or Saturday's game I think it's on a Wednesday which is going to be on ESPN Plus. So it's not perfect. I'm I'm fine with the idea behind it, but especially before football season gets here next year, they've got to figure out some of these these wrinkles to iron out. Um, okay, so let's just let's wrap up on this. Looking ahead to the week ahead, which game this week are you most intrigued by, excited for, wanting to watch? Uh, Ryan, why don't you take it first? Uh, both the West Virginia's games uh, here this week are going to be big, but Baylor, these two games that they've got, they've got Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock, and then they've got Kansas in Lawrence. So <laughs> those are two really tough road games. I mean, Baylor, we've seen what they can do. Their resume is one of the best in the country. We know they're legit, but I'm still just really excited to watch this team. I don't think they have to win both these games, but if they can just win one of the games, that really would – really separate themselves maybe later on in the season, like a team like Kansas or West Virginia may not be able to get a win in Allen Fieldhouse or a win in Lubbock. These are two really big games uh, for Baylor. They struggled, you know, on, on Saturday versus versus Texas and still came out with a pretty comfortable win, uh, keeping an eye on them. And if they can rebound from that, you know, I guess struggling uh, type of game they had is I'm something I'm really excited for. I'm going to piggyback off what he said, uh, but I'm going to say either of the games for West Virginia. You know, there's West Virginia on the road against Oklahoma State um, on on Big Monday coming up, and then West Virginia is hosting Texas Tech on Saturday. Those are two games against what most people are thinking will be the four and five teams in the conference this year. 
Um, West Virginia needs to start strong with those games and and really kind of build some separation there, I think, if they want to hang on and get a top three finish in the conference. So I'm definitely interested to see how they ba- this, they bounce back from this Kansas game um, and if they can go ahead and actually create some separation for themselves at the top of the Big 12 conference ag- against what's probably going to be their biggest competition. Yeah, on that note, I think uh, so. Red River is on Wednesday. The first edition of Oklahoma is traveling to, to Austin. I think it's the again. These are two of the teams that, with the way the conference looks this year, it could be a six bid conference. Now, the benefit is the ACC may only get four teams in, which means there's more opportunities for other teams. But it still feels like with the with the bottom of the conference being the way it is, seven might be harder this year than normal, and it might be a six bid conference, which means outside of Texas Tech, West Virginia, Baylor, and, and Kansas, who I think are all locks to make the tournament, I think there's a pool of. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. Now, that doesn't mean that Iowa State couldn't make a run or TCU may not actually be better than we think. Uh, sorry, Kansas State, you're not making the NCAA tournament, Ryan. You can watch other teams this uh, in March. But a, a game between Texas and Oklahoma, I think this is a big one where when these middle-of-the-pack teams face off, they're really looking for wins because it's going to be hard to get them against the top. They're going to need to win as many of those against the middle and the bottom. So, I mean, throw in a, f- a little bit extra incentive for Red River there on Wednesday. So that one could be big. And then Saturday, I mean, you've, you've kind of both mentioned it. Saturday is big 12 o'clock on CBS. We get Baylor at Kansas. Good grief. That's huge. And then at five o'clock, we get Texas tech at West Virginia. Like it's the four best teams in the conference to me facing off. That is, that's a nice day of college basketball. I'm going to have to say, sorry, honey, um, you're going to have to watch Pippa because dad's going to go sit in his office and watch college basketball all day. Um, I mean, I've got OSU TCU and Bob, I would assume my Cowboys could win it at TCU. Of course, Iowa State couldn't, so who knows what happens. Um, so those, to me, are the big games. I mean, gosh, Saturday. that That's Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, West Virginia. That is mm, – it, it's rare to have – I mean, I know it's the Big 12, but to have the top teams facing off on the same day and not be playing at the same time, and neither one's on ESPN+, Plus, so that one's nice. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, Thank goodness. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I don't want to keep you any longer, so let's wrap this up. Ryan, do me a favor. Where can everybody uh, check out your work covering the Big 12? The second best podcast uh, covering the Big 12. <laughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I would appreciate a follow very much. You can stay up to date with uh, everything going on around the league. Andy, where can everybody check out your work covering the Big 12 and, of course, the Jayhawks? Yeah, I cover the Jayhawks over at Rock Chalk Talk, uh, the Jayhawks and the rest of the Big 12 over at the Land Grant Gauntlet, um, and then my Kansas podcast uh, you can find on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. Guys, we will be, uh, of course, new format. We will be back on Thursday with I don't know what yet, but Chris will be back joining us, and, uh, and we'll see you then. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Sports Social Podcast Network.